Welcome to episode 66 of the Never Ending Glory Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Really. I'm with Jerry Burris tonight. We got Sean Zustin out in Espana for his for his honeymoon. And uh, Mark Mark Z, I don't, I don't know where the hell he is right now, Jerry, but it uh, looks like it's just going to be me and you tonight as we go over week one with our picks for the NFL season. I'm glad uh, Sean are... uh, decided to get his picks in before he trekked off to Ibiza. Is he going to Ibiza? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Um, I don't know. I don't know where he's going exactly in España, but uh, I'm sure he'll have a, a fantastic, t- fantastic time with his beautiful new bride, Michelle. Um, but but Mar- Marky couldn't get his picks in uh, as of right now. So hopefully, when we uh, get past this first segment, we start talking about all the week one picks in the NFL season. We'll have uh, Mark's pick sheet filled out. But if not, then he'll be behind the eight ball as we, uh, you know, every year we put a fresh twenty dollar bill on the, the, the most well, wins at the end of the season. So you have uh, this is a new thing, but it's not. This is the same guy who did his algebra one homework in the hallway uh, the morning of every single day, every day. Hey, Monday Night Money Mocky always finds a way to get it done. So uh, I think after we talk about uh, the latest happenings with Ezekiel Elliott and what came down tonight, hopefully within the next 10 minutes or five minutes or however long we spend it, we'll see Mark's uh, pick sheet filled out. But this is the Never Ending Glory Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. Search for us on Facebook and SoundCloud, the Never Ending Glory Podcast. You can subscribe, rate, tell all your friends. And, of course, you can find us on iTunes as well. So subscribe with the uh, the, the podcast app. Uh, we're still there, uh, still doing well. Uh, adding a ton of Twitter followers as we troll Twitter, looking for people who are just asking for our advice, and we will happily give you that advice. Sometimes without them asking, by the way. I noticed that. Yeah, oh, no, so even ask. It's actually always without them asking, but most of them seem uh, to reciprocate and appreciate it. There was one guy who said that he would not listen to our podcast, but <laughs> he wanted to follow. Um, and he was a gentleman who was uh, – his, his Twitter icon was him in a – a very large uh, turtleneck giving uh, Chuck and Deuces and taking a selfie. So we're probably better off with him not following us, but you know what? Uh, we'll take just about anybody here at the Never Ending Glory podcast. But uh, true. as we get into the regular season, uh, we're going to focus more on the picks tonight because there hasn't been a ton that's gone on with fantasy football. But as we get into the regular season, Jerry, I think it should it only makes sense for, them, for us to tell the listeners what our plan is moving forward uh, each week. Don't forget, Jerry, the Point Pounders and This Guy Sucks. Uh, we'll be giving you uh, you guys our, our best and worst value for that upcoming week. That will be uh, not only good value in DFS, but also just in your uh, in your lineups for uh, redraft or dynasty. And also um, just continue to talk about all the different injuries that go down, the best waiver wire additions. Uh, and, of course, you can send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com, and we will answer any ad drop sit start trade advice questions that you have live on air so uh be sure to check that out but uh jerry news came down tonight about ezekiel elliott elliott suspension uh the six game suspension was upheld but because it took so long for them to get their shit figured out with the appeal uh, he's still going to play week one, but he will be suspended from week two on, uh, and he has a bye in week six. So that means we will not see him until week nine. Um, what are your thoughts on those who took Ezekiel Elliott, you know, first, second, third round, now that we know that at least the next round of appeals didn't go anywhere? Well, I think you're, if you took him 
expecting him not to play in week one. I don't know if this really has changed anything for you. You better have had that guy behind him, um, you know, for it to be your RB1 moving forward in the first half of the season. When is his bye again? Was it week six or seven? Week six. Week six. So you're losing a guy for one week uh, of the first of the first, you know, chunk of the season. Playoff implications moving forward from that. It, it can really help you in the back end, though. I don't have Dallas schedule ahead of me, but I think the when it all plays out, they're going to be in the top two in their division, and I think they will uh, not lose a ton moving forward. I think McFadden will help them out and get them to be in a position where they're still competitive if that translates into um, guys that risked it a little bit you know, or in their their drafts are going to get paid off later on. You know, resting a, a tailback is not the worst thing in the world. This is like for fantasy owners, this is not the worst thing to happen to them if they did the right thing and got somebody else. You know, like a, a guy like a Kareem Hunt or you know uh, a, a Crowell, somebody to you know kind of pass the time until he comes back. Yeah, so early on, he's got the uh, Giants week one, who he really struggled against last year, but obviously he's playing against the Giants. Then he's facing the Broncos, the Cardinals, and Rams in three games in a row. And and while the Broncos don't boast a great offense, neither do the Rams. They, they both have a solid defensive front. So especially if Aaron Donald ends his holdout and, and it plays week four against the Cowboys, those are three tough defenses that Zeke won't have to face. Right. Um, once he gets back from his suspension, he's got the Falcons, the Eagles, the Chargers, the Redskins, the Giants again, the Raiders. And then he ends the game, uh, ends the season in week 16 versus the Seahawks. So Seahawks have a pretty stout defense, but for the most part, the second half of the season, I don't see a ton of scary matchups for Zeke there. So you're right. He'll be rested. He'll be ready to go. Uh, worst case scenario. But if we've seen before, like in the Brady suspension, this could go into 2018, which, you know, put a bolt to my, you know, put a bowl in my head. I don't want to hear about uh, the in the background how Zeke's facing a suspension every time that the Cowboys are on national TV or any time they got a talking head on ESPN or something like that. Um, the, the NFL has to find a way to just – nip this in the bud and, and just streamline this appeal process because stringing it out over a 12-month, 18-month time period is just absolutely ridiculous. And they've already had this going on for about 12 months. So, um, yeah, I, but I agree with you when it comes to fantasy. Uh, Zeke still has a ton of value, so if you're able to get him in the third round and you were able to also maybe get one of those late round running backs who uh, dart throw like a what the hell type guy like a cj anderson or maybe even a darren sproles frank gore who are both going really late then, then you get yourself set up for success um but in the meantime darren mcfadden will be the guy in uh dallas moving forward so also, also took who's the other guy um alfred morris alfred morris thank you alfred morris yeah. Um, well, Alfred Morris hasn't really done much in about three years, so I, I think he's kind of an afterthought. Right. I think it's really going to be McFadden's and McFadden's job to lose. Yeah, he's definitely the most versatile of uh, him and Morris. I think he's more of the pass catcher as well, but you know, fantasy owners shouldn't be fretting too much. If you have Zeke, I can't imagine you took him in your first round anyway. Um, you knew what you were getting into when you when you got yourself in that situation. You know. You got to rely on the points somewhere else, right? I actually uh, recently had a few drafts, and I um, saw him go ninth overall and tenth overall recently. So those owners are, are definitely uh, 
They're, they're biting the bullet for the, with that one. Uh, a trade just went down in one of my leagues where the guy took him 10th overall. He gave up Darren Sproles for Darren McFadden. And so a, a pretty solid trade in order to, to get you know the handcuff for his first-round pick. Didn't give up a ton of, of draft capital by trading Darren Sproles. But you know as I mentioned, he's a guy who you can get for pretty late, for pretty cheap, and he will produce as well. So uh, a lot of different strategies you can take with Zeke here. But in the end, as long as your team is just poised for early season success, you're only going to get – 10 times better once Zeke takes over that RB1 role. Um, but a, a lot going on with this. There, there's still a lot more to the story that we can uh, see play out over the next few weeks. And, and again, hopefully the NFL is able to find a way to, to resolve this quickly and swiftly. Uh, but it is Wednesday, Tuesday night as we're recording this. We're a mere 48 hours away from opening night where, I don't know if you read, read about this, but El Prez from Barstool Sports is bringing he bought seventy thousand towels with uh, a picture of Robert Goodell or Roger Goodell uh, as uh, a clown. Uh, so seventy thousand towels is going to be the New England based terrible towel. Those are going to be going off in in uh, Gillette for you know until Roger's cronies come in and, and I somehow take away all the towels from all the fans. But uh, it's going to get a little wild, I think, Thursday night in Foxborough when, when Goodell comes back for the first time in regular season action since Deflategate. So I know you're not a Barstool sports guy. You're not an El Prez guy. So how childish do you think this move is? I actually kind of like this move. Um, why not throw it in his face on national television, you know, in a very <laughs> subtle way? You know, one towel per, per person. I, I can see that working very, very well for uh, Boston's fa- uh, f- um, faithful. I, the thing I kind of wish Goodell would do is just never return there and let it just be like a thing where yeah everyone should have like a place that they're not allowed to go you know everyone should have you know a restaurant there or a bar they've been thrown out of and you you know everyone says hey what's going <laughs> exactly Floyd's it rings a bell um, you should have that one place where you have a couple enemies and you just live your life that way it, it's you never want to be allowed to be anywhere you want at all times you know so I think that should be his place. He's not allowed to be um, because he's just so unwelcomed. He's the perfect heel. To, and I really think that if they ever bury the hatchet um, with, with Goodell and Brady, I don't know what Boston fans would really know what to do. It's, But I think it's a funny move, and kudos to uh, Barstool. Yeah, I mean, and there's great free publicity for that one. Um, well, not free. I guess he's probably spending about $100,000 on these towels. I don't but, know. We have to call uh, Pro Forma to see what it costs to print on some towels. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. It's funny because obviously he can't hand them out in the parking lot. They'll have to go down Route 1 a little bit and uh, pick up, uh, maybe stop off at some gas station or some restaurant in order to hand out all those towels. Oh, I sure made that NFL trip into Gillette. What is it? Down. They shut down, you know, everything but one road, and it's like four lanes yes. going one way. You know, one road in, one road out, and it's it's pretty brutal. That's why I don't. If you can get through, if you can get through the uh, the toll booths at thirty five miles an hour in Massachusetts, you can slow down a little bit <laughs> to get handed off a towel. Right, right. So. We'll see what happens with that. It'll be really interesting. But that gets us right into our week one picks. Uh, Mocky has not filled out his sheet yet, so I guess we'll just have to kind of uh, worry about that later. You no, know, we know his priorities are. That's fine. We'll get some sort of penalty. But um, obviously, again, Sean will not be here with us tonight, so we'll let everybody know what his picks are. But the first game that we have going on is Kansas City at the New England Patriots. 
what else can we really say about this game? The last time Kansas City played New England was the dreadful game where everybody thought Tom Brady was done, and then he came back and won the Super Bowl that year. Uh, so I'm going New England. Sean's going New England, and you're going New England. Is there, is there really? Is there? Well, but what if Pat Mahomes ends up playing? <laughs> Don't tease me. Um, I have a vested interest in this game watching Kareem Hunt play. That's for sure. Um, was, was invested with Spencer Ware, obviously, and we covered that in a previous podcast. <laughs> Backed him up with Kareem Hunt, and here we are. So I, I'm going to be watching this thing really closely, and I want to see if Alex Smith has improved at all. Um, you know, can he just stare at Travis Kelsey every play like he likes to do? Maybe he's been maybe in the league not. for about twelve years. I don't think he's. Really I don't think he's going to change. So this game. You know, Pat, stay ready. Keep that keep that jacket on the right arm, and uh, you might be you might be getting the call sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing about Kareem Hunt is Andy Reid came out and said he plans on using some sort of running back by committee uh, against the Patriots. I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Charkandrick West has shown to be nothing more than just a below average running back. He's nothing more than a depth guy. Honestly, I just think that maybe Andy Reid isn't ready to give the reins fully to a rookie like Kareem Hunt. And that's sure. the only thing I can really think of. Or maybe just Reed's not trying to show his hand. I still think Kareem Hunt's the guy to own, though it sounds like it could be um, you know, a little a little touch and go for the first few weeks. The interesting thing too is Tyree Kill's gonna get some carries as well. So while while a lot of people are taking Kareem Hunt very early in fantasy drafts, uh, it might be a rough few weeks as he figures out you know how, what it is to be an NFL NFL running back, and also he's going against one of the best the best coach of all time, uh, who's going to game plan for a rookie running back. So, um, be interesting to see what that running back um, breakdown looks like on Thursday night. But the next game, gosh, this game sucks. This is our this is our for the for the it's new Martin listeners. Brown. It's Mark and Brown. <laughs> The new, the new listeners of the Never Ending Glory podcast, this is the Turd Nugget Supreme. We pick one of these every week, and uh, it's the New York Jets versus the Buffalo Bills. Josh McCown and his arsenal of Robbie Anderson, the newly signed Jeremy Curley. Um, gosh, I can't even think of their tight end right now, and I love fantasy football. Uh, is, it guy, is it Jason Morrow? Is it Jason Morrow? No, no. Is Jason he still Morrow the, got still in the he squad. Got by, he got cut by Tennessee this year. Um, but you know, Bilal Powell, your namesake, uh, Matt Forte, going up up against the arsenal of Tyrod Taylor, who's fresh off a concussion, with Jordan Matthews and Lashawn McCoy, and I mean, the, Jordan Matthews and Lashawn McCoy aren't, aren't bad, but the rest of just these offensive weapons between the two of these teams are just poo-poo, as as Sean Z would say. Yuck. I'd like to track the stats this year for us, how many poo-poo games um, New York Jets are involved with. I think it's going to be a lot. I I just have a really good feeling it's going to be a lot. they got to play Buffalo twice, so and they got to play the the Dolphins twice, so I think that's at least least three games uh, that we'll see them as part of the poo-poo. But the the cream of the crop or the cream of the poop is going to rise, and I think that's Buffalo. Sean thinks that's Buffalo, and you think it's Buffalo as well. Yeah. What, what else can we say about this game? Both teams Nothing. are tanking. Yeah, both teams, whatever. We'll move on. Uh, to, to one of your favorite squads here, the Jacksonville Jaguars travel Houston uh, to face the Texans. And are they still playing that game in Houston with the whole hurricane thing going on? Or are they? I don't they think, a, uh, I don't think um, their stadium was affected 
Um, oh, okay, and, and that's good. They're good to go. It seems like this. Seems like the downtown area, like arena area, um, is open and, and back on board. Um, well, the Rockets just sold for two point two billion dollars, so I don't think that a, a billionaire would buy a <laughs> yeah a stadium underwater. You're right. So no, um, I, I think that area is fine, but. Um, you said my, one of my personal favorites, and that could be further from the truth this year. That's not true. Uh, staying away from from uh, Jacksonville this year. So you're not you're not on the Blake Bortles train. Uh, uh, you're done with that. You're done saying the Jags defense is going to be good again for the for the new listeners to Never Ending Warrior podcast. Last year, uh, Jerry was not all over, not only all over the Jacksonville defense, but huge Brock Osweiler fan in Houston. We know how both those ended up, but this is the. Tom Savage versus Blake Bortles competition. We have talked about six teams, and I'd say there's only really one good quarterback out of the six teams that we've talked about so far. <laughs> this is not a good time to be an NFL quarterback. But I have a good question the- for you about Tom Savage, but go ahead and finish your point. Well, I was going to say all three of us are in Houston today. I-, I think that it's probably because of that Houston defense and – that's really about it. This is not going to be an offensive explosion. I don't think Tom Savage is going to throw for 304 touchdowns. I don't think Blake Bortles is going to do much. Leonard Fournette might have a decent game. Lamar Miller might have a decent game. But I think the difference comes down to DeAndre Hopkins making a play or two. That's that's really all I can think about with this game. But what were you going to say? Okay, so there's people out there that have Jameis Winston as their number one uh, quarterback. They have um, possibly not even got a backup, right? And now we're kind of stuck in a lurch. Are the Buccaneers going to play this weekend? You know, it's going to get rescheduled. What's going on? You know, it. So people might be scrambling, looking for a starting quarterback. Let me give you a couple names: Tom Savage, Brian Hoyer. Is at if maybe if you if you have him out there. Um, uh, name escapes me. Buffalo, or I'm sorry, Denver Broncos starting Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Yep. And let's say I need another poo-poo. I bet Jared Goff's available in most redrafts, um, just kind of laying out their waivers. You might need a week one guy of those right. four. Who do you think you should pick up? I mean, to be honest, I would I would consider uh, two guys out of that list. I consider Jared Goff because simply because they're playing the Colts and the Colts are a dumpster fire right now. Right, matchup. Um, he's got he's got Sammy Watkins, which isn't too bad. Uh, Cooper Cup looks okay. Uh, Tavon Austin's obviously athletic, but um, I probably rolled him because Hoyer's got the Panthers. Actually, you know what? I think I think I go with Brian Hoyer at home versus the Panthers. He's able to. He's going to key on Pierre Garcon like we saw in preseason when in the first half. Garcon had nine targets and six catches. He's got Kyle Shanahan. He's been in Shanahan's system before. And he always finds a way to score points no matter where he's at. He scored points right. in Chicago last year. He scored points in Cleveland. He scored points in Houston. So even though he doesn't have a great cast of characters around him, I think I'd actually take Brian Hoyer. Second would be Jared Goff and the rest of it. Ah, gosh, I probably wouldn't even start a quarterback, so I wouldn't want negative points. It, I mean, who who would you out of that list? Who who are you after? The only of that list, the two guys I think that have any sort of value beyond just a week one, you know, one week thing would be Hoyer and Savage, um, and I mm-hmm. would rank Savage probably one and uh, Hoyer two because I think mm-hmm. moving forward, you know, the AFC South sucks, 
And right, at least right. Savage might get you some points um, if you get a situation where your QB goes down or something. So, I don't know. Well, Just and, and Savage, something I was thinking about on the way home today. And Savage has DeAndre Hopkins, too. So, again, when you have a, a guy with elite athleticism like, like Hopkins or at least a guy who we've seen his ceiling or we've seen great numbers from him, when you have a guy tied to a wide receiver like that, sometimes right. that helps as well. Um, but – Let's move on to the next game. We have Pittsburgh at Cleveland again. I, I think you know we all want to cheer for Cleveland here, but we're we're not we're not stupid. Uh, we know no. that it's the Steelers playing the Browns, and even though we've seen Big Ben struggle on the road last season, and I don't expect that to change all that much. Though Martavis Bryant is a welcome addition to the squad. We got Pittsburgh. We got we got him beating Cleveland in the home opener. I mean, I'll what, be there give watching me, this give me a, Excellent. Give me a score and, for that game. I'll tell you what, I'll do that. I'll, I'll be there watching this thing, watching uh, hopefully Williams' defense run, you know, all over this offensive line for the Steelers. And if we can get Big Ben, you know, on the ground more than 10 times, we have a chance. Um, I still think the Steelers win. They always have those weird numbers. I'm going to say 23, 23 to 10. And okay. 23-10 and very- Kaiser. I don't think it's a blowout. 23-10, I think Kaiser runs for a touchdown. I don't think we actually uh, get it um, a normal <laughs> score. I think he runs for a touchdown. Okay, well, 23 seems a little low with uh, the, the trio of Bell, Bryant, and uh, Antonio Brown. And Le- Le'Veon Bell, obviously, is on his franchise ta- uh, tender. We'll Mark is, is finally finished filling out. Oh, he's uh, putting them in. He's ghostwriting them. Okay, and, I and see. And he wrote, ugh, ugh. For Pittsburgh at Cleveland, so I'm assuming he thinks Cleveland's going to win. So should we just mark that down as Cleveland for him? I think that's a, I think that's Cleveland, isn't it? Right, I think so. I think yeah. so. <laughs> so all right, hey, finally, next game, Arizona at Detroit. We finally have uh, something we I think we can talk about because I'm on Detroit, but you three are in Arizona. So tell sell me on why Arizona wins this game. Uh, it's. This thing's, this thing's kind of a coin flip. I took Arizona purely because I think their offense is more explosive than Detroit's defense is capable of stopping them. Um, and that's really it. I think Detroit can score some points this year. Um, I think Stafford's got the, the uh, what is it, half a billion dollar arm to, to, uh, to do some damage <laughs> this year. Uh, and hopefully he does. He's my, he's my quarterback for simply ravishing this year. But I do think Arizona pulls this one out. Has there been a more mediocre quarterback? Well, actually, there have been, but has there been a more mediocre quarterback earn more money than Matthew Stafford? I'm going to answer my own question with yes, Sam Bradford. Yeah. He was like the highest paid athlete ever. That was Um, literally about to come out of my face. But Stafford had the, he had the, before the the rookie scale, um, for for contracts is up he made one of the you know had one of the biggest contracts ever um he signed a couple extensions i mean this guy has done has been nothing more than a uh, slightly above average quarterback which is saying a lot i guess considering the rest of the quarterback landscape in the nfl but this guy's getting paid to be simply mediocre uh teach Bilal how to throw football because you know, it used to always be, oh, teach your kid how to throw a baseball left. You know, teach your kid how to be a quarterback. And and you are, I think, Jerry, you're the perfect the perfect coach for him. So um, <laughs> teach him how to do that next Pat Mahomes. Yeah, we'll start reading uh, the differences between cover three and uh, cover four real real early. 
I, so I don't I, like I don't totally agree with your, your I like their I say I don't totally agree with your your statement. I think you're oversimplifying it about Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford is, you know, a super or not a Super Bowl capable, but a playoff getting you there quarterback. Um, he's not scraping the bottom six in the of the barrel. Um, right, he's above average. He's above average. I mean, he gets you the, to the. He's Super had a few years, and th- and that's really all I can say. And he the had years a four, he had four touchdown he, season because Calvin Johnson broke every record known to me. Correct. And other than that, he's been an above average quarterback, and he's at least stayed healthy. I mean, again, he's not bad. I would take him over probably about sixty percent of the quarterbacks in the NFL. It's just absolutely ridiculous what these guys are getting paid. But that's a different story for a different day. I want to talk about why I do after dogging Matt Stafford. I think Detroit's going to win this game. Uh, you know, I think this game is probably going to have a three, four point line, and it's just one of those things where I'm going to take the home team. It's a coin flip. I like Arizona's defense a lot this year. I'm heavily invested in them in fantasy. I think out of my seven leagues, I got them their defense in about four or five of the league. So I think Arizona's defense is going to be legit. But give me Detroit. Um, hoping Amir Abdullah can stay healthy. The guy looked fantastic against the Patriots in preseason. Golden Tate in the slot should have 100 catches. Eric Ebron should be able to you know step up. Hopefully do something somehow. Somehow, some way, uh, live up to the draft type where he got drafted for Odell Beckham. But um, yeah, I, I got Detroit, so I'm the only one who doesn't have Detroit here, so or doesn't have Arizona. So that, this could be a, a big one for me as I try to take home the title this year for most most correct picks. So the next game we're going to talk about literally could get washed out uh, from the hurricane coming down the pike right now. Our boy Farkey's in Tampa Bay, and uh, totally forgot about the whole I don't know category six hurricane. Yeah, hey, how do you forget about like? An apocalyptic disaster <laughs> bearing down on you. I was worried about my fantasy. In his defense, he was focusing on his fantasy football team, so you can't hate him for that. But uh, Tampa Bay is about to get washed off the map, apparently. And if they play this game, it'll it'll be played probably somewhere else. There's talk. Both teams have a week 11 bye, so they're talking about um, having them have a bye in week one and then play in week 11. Which, before we talk about our picks here, I think that's totally unfair to both teams to, to expect them to play 16 games in a row. You know, the buy's in there to help a guy get or help the team get healthy, help them rest a little bit. If you make them play 16 games in a row, that's a complete and utter uh, competitive disadvantage to, to both teams, correct? I think they should either send this thing to London or it should be in St. Louis <laughs> right now. I think, it's a little, I think it's a little too late to send them to London, but... Yeah, I mean, St. Louis has got a stadium, and there's a few neutral sites. I think Philadelphia is a neutral site. Um, there's a couple on the East Coast that are neutral, so I'm hoping that they move this game. I think the reason why they wouldn't move the game is because there's, the, the stadium is going to be half full. And you know Goodell, there's no way that he would accept a half-full stadium on TV. Uh, teams will probably bitch about the, the revenue that they lost from the one game, even though Stephen Ross, the owner, is a multi-quadrillionaire. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. What they, I think we're going to find out on Wednesday what the plan is there, and, and hopefully they can get that game played because that's also going to impact fantasy. You got a lot of people who picked Mike Evans early. You got a lot of people who took JSGE early. Uh, James Winston, as you mentioned, a lot of guys on both teams are starting for fantasy squads. But in the pick'em, Sean's the only one on Miami. I took Tampa Bay. You took Tampa Bay. Maki took Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay's got a great defense. I, it, I think it's a little overlooked because the offense has big names like Jameis and Mike Evans. Uh, but I really like Tampa's defense, and I think that they're going to give Jay Cutler a ton of problems. W- what's your thought on this game? 
expectations are high on Tampa Bay this year, um, but they have a defense that can get them out of a lot of trouble. Um, so I, that's why I went with Tampa Bay. You know, say what you will about the explosiveness of the receiving core and you know the tight ends and when Doug Martin comes back, but they still have a, if Jameis Winston you know kind of poops out his leg, they still have a defense that they can get them out of pretty much anything right now. Right, and they just signed T.J. Ward's former safety of the uh, Denver Broncos, so yeah. they only got stronger in the back end of that defense. I thought that was a great move by them, even though, knock on wood, he's torn like every ACL on every slot receiver in the Patriots organization. Uh, however, obviously, oh, actually, no, it was, it was Gronk. But, it was uh, Gronk. But Edelman already, tore, Edelman already tore his ACL, so we're, we're good in that regard. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I like Tampa Bay here. I think their defense is going to get it done. Next game, not a lot to talk about. Atlanta at Chicago. It's going to be Matt Ryan versus Mike Glennon. Again, talking about a bad quarterback in this NFL, Mike Glennon. Um, I don't. I think that the, the Falcons will have a bit of a Super Bowl hangover, but I don't think it's going to start in week one. Nobody else in the podcasting is going to start it in week one. Anything else you want to talk about or you want to move on to the next game? No, go forward. So now we're going to go on to Oakland, Tennessee. And surprisingly, you know, we like to talk about Jerry's man crushes with quarterbacks, and one of them is Marcus Mariota. But you're taking Oakland and 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 uh, Carr to, to yeah. Beat there's some Mariota there's some, in Tennessee. There's some logic here. Um, kind of like with Tampa Bay, there's some expectations in Tennessee about this team, uh, primarily on the quarterback. A quarterback I hold near and dear to my heart, always have. But if there's one thing that I don't do well with, it's expectations. So I'm going to go with Oakland here, just to kind of <laughs> like reverse the pick. Um, and kind of reverse the destiny of of the uh, Tennessee Titans here. I don't do all that. That's good. I did. Good. I did this pick just so that Marcus Mariota can be successful. <laughs> he appreciates it. Yes. Uh, I'm not. You know what? I, I got Tennessee going here. I would not be shocked if Oakland wins this game. It's going to take a little while, I think, for the new weapons on Tennessee to really gel. Obviously, last year you had Rashard Matthews and Delaney Walker as the holdovers. Now they brought in Eric Decker, rookie Corey Davis. Derek Henry's going to get some more snaps. Uh, last year, Demarco Murray was there, but. Uh, Mariota's still coming back from a leg injury. I wouldn't be shocked if that offense takes a few weeks to click, but I'm going to go Tennessee in the home opener here. And uh, we'll see how it plays out. I don't know. I think this is going to be a pretty interesting game to watch, pretty fun game to watch. Two of the best younger quarterbacks in the NFL, um, you know, dueling on week one. It'll be a good one. I'm sure, though, in New England we'll be stuck with the Jets and Buffalo. So, But thank God for red zone because – even though I have a daughter now, I've already told my wife that from 1 o'clock to 8 o'clock, I'm watching Red Zone. That's just how it's going to happen. Um, and, and I think she expects that. So uh, we'll see how that plays out in, in real life. Uh, next game, Baltimore at Cincinnati. We're split here on the pod. Jerry, you and Sean have Cincinnati, and Mark and I have Baltimore. You know, I, I, I see why you would take Cincinnati here. Uh, I just think that offensive line is in shambles, and Baltimore is going to find a way to get to Andy Dalton and make his life a living hell. There are some concerns that Flacco hasn't practiced in a few weeks or he hasn't taken consistent reps in a few weeks, so he can't get used to his new receiver, Jeremy Macklin, Danny Woodhead, and essentially his new receiver, Rashad Perryman, who hasn't played in the past two years. Uh, but I just like the Baltimore defense to get it done. What do you like about Cincinnati in this game? Um, it's more what I don't like about the Ravens, really. Um, I don't like that Joe Flacco has not really had a successful preseason. And, mm-hmm. you know, they got some new guys in there. Um, and I think the line is kind of at the right spot, you know, being a home game for the Cincinnati. And that's kind of really where it ends for me. If I have to pick them straight up, I'm going to take the uh, home team in this one. Just because yep. the Ravens sh- should be the better team. But when Joe Flacco is not at quarterback – 
their record is not good. Um, and <laughs> so, you know, he, he'll be playing, obviously, but I just think they're not quite in sync yet. There's some veteran right. guys not there. Um, is Pitt yeah, back I mean, and what? playing? I don't think he's – is he – Ready to go this Pitt, year? No, Pitt, is, Pitt is done. Pitt is long. Yeah, Pitt is gone. Like there's going to be a lot of new faces that have to contribute. For, you know, with him gone and Steve Smith at his retirement, like I'm just not sold on the Ravens' offense yet. Yeah, I don't think they know who their tight end is yet. Honestly, I think they want Max Williams to be the guy, but he's coming off knee uh, knee surgery. So instead, they'll be they'll be rolling with like 37 year old Ben Watson, who just had an Achilles tear uh, last season. He's coming back from that. So and the tight end's a, pr- a pretty important position on the Ravens. That's why I was so high on Danny Woodhead coming into this fantasy season because I really think he's going to catch 70, 80 balls as the the safety valve for Joe Flacco. And before Flacco got banged up with that back injury, he said that Danny Woodhead is the closest thing they've had to Ray Rice back when when Ray Rice was in his prime as a pass-catching running back. So I I expect big things from Woodhead. I think that he's probably going to be the leading receiver on this team. And I don't want to sleep on Jeremy Macklin either. I think that he's a a solid possession receiver still. He had a bad year last year due to an injury. But again, it just really comes down to getting in sync with with those weapons. Um, But I think we've talked about that game a little bit. So let's talk about Philadelphia and Washington. I'm the only one taking Washington. You three got Philadelphia. What do you like about Philadelphia in this game? I like Philly's offense. Um, if nobody threw more at the end of the season than Philadelphia, and I think that trend continues. I think Wentz, you know, a year under his belt, they're good to go. Let it fly. I, I can see that. Uh, I agree. I think that that offense is going to take a step forward with the addition of Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. But I'm going to go with Washington here. Playing at home. Kirk Cousins is still the same guy he was last year. He's playing for a contract. They got Josh Norman on the other side of the ball. Uh, Rob Kelly has looked pretty good in preseason. You know, they've brought in a few extra guys at wide receiver. Obviously, Josh Doxson, his status is up in the air, but Terrell Pryor should be in the number one slot, wide receiver slot. And then, of course, you get Jameson Crowder, who I, I think is legitimately a, a candidate for 90 to 100 catches this season. He's going to see an uptick in targets. Then, of course, you got Jordan Reed, uh, probably the second most talented tight end in the NFL behind Gronk, but we obviously know his injury bug history. So uh, I like Washington here. I'm hoping that this is a a game I can take a step up on you guys as well because I'm the only one on Washington, just much like the Arizona-Detroit game. Uh, But NFC's battle. It'll be fun to watch. Next game we have up here is uh, the Scott Tolzien versus Jared Goff battle. We alluded Oof, to it earlier. Close to being Jared, a poo-poo platter, I'll tell you not. It, it's close, except there are a few stars in this game, mainly my my man crush, Todd Gurley, uh, at Nick and Akron. Shout out to you. I'm going to uh, pull the curtain back a little bit here. I do plan on taking Todd Gurley as my point pounder of the week. Hot take. I'm going to stick with my guy. I'm going to roll with him. Uh, Indy's defense is just atrocious right now. They've lost um, uh, Vontae Davis, their starting cornerback. That defensive line, linebacking core is just just nothing that I'm afraid of whatsoever. And on the Rams side of the ball on offense, I mean, they're putting together a sneaky, decent wide receiver core, especially with Sammy Watkins if he can stay healthy. So I'm hoping Sean McVay can do something, you know, produce a miracle, uh, much like what he did in Washington with, with Kirk Cousins, and do the same thing with Jared Goff, because I think Goff has talent. He was just thrown into a pretty bad situation last year, and it looks like the Rams' front office has all the faith in the world with Sean McVay here, so he won't just be a one- or two-year guy. 
Um, I mean, let's talk about this game quick just because it's Indianapolis and Andrew Luck's out for God knows how long. What do you like about the Rams in this game? Is it just they're just the slightly better version of poop than the, the Colts? I think they're the one. I'm going to rephrase it, but I think they're the uh, less not good team in this <laughs> matchup. Less um, poopy. Less poopy team. Um, West Coast game, right? This is in Los Angeles. No, this is good. Uh, yes, it's in it's in Los Angeles. Yes, I think it is. Yeah, so you know, time travel could be an issue. Those teams don't always fare well. Let's see. Time travel, huh? Yeah, you're going back in time, right? Oh, right, right. Yeah, it's usually it's yeah. usually the teams going from the West Coast. Yeah, the, the country is wide enough. It's it's wide enough that it requires four time zones. Well, yeah, sure. We'll we'll go with that. Uh, okay. Another East Coast team going to the West Coast is Carolina headed to San Francisco. Cam Newton versus Brian Hoyer. Uh, we're all on Carolina. Uh, I think that they're just. I think they're are going to take a step forward this season. Obviously, two years ago, Super Bowl team struggled last year to get the offense going. They've totally revamped that offense with Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel. Looks like Kelvin Benjamin's back 100. percent There'll be a lot of uh, McCaffrey goof, uh, groupies at this game. You know, former Stan- Stanford standout. Right. I'm right. sure there's a lot of smart girls in uh, librarian glasses going to be at this game. Right, right. I like that. I might have to, no, I might have, to, I might have to tune in that one. No, I think you could be right. I, I think, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> but I mean, Carolina, just clearly the better team here. You got anything else to add? No, better defense, uh, more explosive offense. Right. We'll move on to Seattle Green Bay, which this could probably. I, I love the Seattle Green Bay games every year. I mean, we'll never forget the 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 Hail Mary game with the uh, part time refs, where Golden Tate clearly pushed off back when he was with Seattle. Uh, and they stole a game away from from Green Bay. But Seattle heads to Green Bay. The Seattle defense is not the same on the road as they are at home, even though they brought in Sheldon Richardson from the Jets, who I'll tell you what, that defense is going to be scary if Sheldon Richardson stays um, you know, healthy and stays committed and stays you know, interested in football. Uh, but we all got Green Bay. I think that we, we know the greatness of Aaron Rodgers uh, in Lambeau. And I mean, I don't know what, what, why, why were you taking? Was it even close right here? Were Seattle Green Bay for you? This is really close, and and two reasons why I picked it was everybody else was on Green Bay. I didn't want to be the one that that loses a point in our little chase over this game. And <laughs> and seriously, and and I thought you know it's Green Bay at home because these two teams are going to be in the playoffs against each other. You know whether it's in the opening round or the the second round. Um, they will be playing again in um, the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I love I love this matchup. I look forward to it every time it comes out. And I want to say I don't have the odds in front of me, but again, this is one of those games that it feels like it's going to be like a two and a half point game, right? I mean, Green Bay's yeah, got to be favored. It's going to be tight. But yeah, I'm actually, you know, I'm going to pull it up right now. Give me one second as I look for it. Right now, it's at it's at minus three. Green Bay by three, so pretty damn close. Um, wouldn't be surprised if that line moved just a little bit. But, uh, again, that's something that our, our boy at Nick and Akron can comment on a little bit later on. Uh, next game we have Giants at Dallas. So, again, we mentioned Zeke Elliott will be playing on Sunday. Uh, Sean, Jerry, Luke, we all got Dallas. Mocky chimed in with the Giants. I actually where, where switched. I was oh, on switched. the uh, – yeah, I switched it when uh, the news came out about um, – Zeke playing in it. I, I, I think that, that put me over the edge because I just couldn't go with him without him. Um, so I switched. If Mark wants to, you know, yell at me about it, he needs to be on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, 
we'll go from there. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I like Dallas here. I just think they're the better team. They got the better offensive line. Um, I think Zeke's going to run wild on them. I know that he struggled against the Giants last year. So uh, maybe this could be his first first solid game with them. The interesting thing, I think, to watch this season is Dak Prescott and whether or not he can get a guy like Dak, uh, Des Bryant involved. Last year, Jason Witten had a solid season. Cole Beasley had a breakout season because I think there was a lot of checking down by Dak. You know, will he regress a little bit now that teams um, don't have to worry about Zeke Elliott for, for the better part of six games this season? Um, I mean, you know, Dak was a mediocre SEC quarterback, third-round pick out of Ole Miss. And all of a sudden, he turns into one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL. Do you think that Dak is going to continue on his rookie season success, or do you think that he's going to take a step back? I don't think he can regress too far. They haven't lost a ton besides Zeke. The offensive line is all still intact. He was never forced into a situation where he had to, you know, drop back twenty-five times and drive the ball downfield. He, you know, he was in a ball control offense and. I don't think much is going to change for him. I really don't think he's going to be jumping off the charts from year one to year two, but I don't think he's going to be in some um, major slide on uh, the other way. I think he's going to improve because of just having another year of experience, but I'm not expecting some, you know, 1200 yard um, change in his output. Right. So you think they're going to going to continue to play to his strengths and, and play yeah. the ball control offense? He's, okay. a consist- he's just kind of a consistent player. It, it's yeah. it's not all about him and and getting the ball the right guy the and getting it in their hands. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for him. I think he's a solid player. Seems like a good dude. So uh, I am pulling for Dak to continue to. Again, we're trying to trying to buck the trend of shitty quarterback play, and we we want these young guys to continue sure. to blossom and be good. So I am pulling for him. Uh, but a game we're talking about an older and great quarterback. We have Drew Brees heading into Minnesota. Also, Adrian Peterson is it's a homecoming for him as he travels to uh, the great North Minneapolis and goes against the Vikings. You're the only one with New Orleans. Sean, Mark, and I all have Minnesota. Tell me why New Orleans has a shot in this game. Couple of reasons. One, I don't think Minnesota's offense is going to be doing a whole lot um, early in the season. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook at tailback, and, and they're trying to figure out that offensive line. They got some issues there. That's one. Two, I like the uh, storyline of Peterson going into Minnesota, and they are the, uh, I think they're three and a half point dogs, which I like. And I like Drew Brees with a lot of prep time. So for those three reasons, I went with New Orleans. And also, because I needed a point, I went against you guys. Um, <laughs> it's all part of the game. Sometimes your best offense is your defense. So I appreciate that. I respect that. You're, You're right. Three and, a half, three and a half point underdogs. Um, and, you know, moving forward when we do our picks, I think this will be one of those ones where we actually use a spread and not just a straight pick them. But our odds maker, Sean Z, is, again, in España. So he wasn't here to, uh, to finalize how we're going to do that. some tapas. We'll work on that next week. Um, I got Minnesota here playing at home. I like it. Uh, Willie Sneed, out of nowhere, got suspended three games for a DUI. I just think that the explosiveness of this offense in uh, New Orleans is just its going to struggle without him there. Uh, you know, Obviously, Michael Thomas was fantastic last year as a rookie. But the second wide receiver is going to be Ted Ginn, who he's got pizza paddle hands, drops the ball every other time he touches it. Other than that, they got Brandon Coleman. You know, they got the rookie Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, who might see some time. But you know, it comes down to the running backs of Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson. Again, I hate the Adrian Peterson signing in New Orleans just because 
He's never been good out of the shotgun, and the Saints run the ball or you know play out of the shotgun almost all the time. It seems like so. I never understood that fit, and also Mark Ingram, I think, is a better running back at this point in his career. But with that being said, you know that that defensive line in Minnesota, I think, is just going to eat up the offensive line in New Orleans, and and also while Sam Bradford is not a world beater by any means. That New Orleans defense is still not very good. Obviously, they focused a lot on it this offseason, especially in the draft, but it's going to take some time for these players to develop. I think that somehow, some way, even with a terrible offensive line, the Vikings are going to expose uh, the New Orleans defense for what it is, and that's just not very good. They were historically bad last season. Um, interestingly enough, former Cleveland Brown Alex Boone actually just got cut by the uh, by the Vikings, which is very interesting considering that their offensive line is terrible. Um, not sure where that came from, but he ended up signing with Arizona recently. So that's something to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, and then the final game we're going to talk about, AFC West battle, the Chargers at Denver. What's the over-under or the, the odds for, uh, you know, Brock Osweiler's, you know, getting some time this game, Jerry? The under-over? Are you talking how many snaps he gets? Um, yes, sure, how many snaps. <laughs> I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to say the uh, the lines at zero. I'm going to take under. He gets less than that. I love how I love how uh, uh, John Elway said they were welcoming Brock back with open arms, and he's excited for the next chapter or something along. He those did lines. say something along the lines of it was one of the top five happiest days of his yeah. life. Getting I think Brock, back I think, to Brock. I think Brock uh, said Denver. that. Yeah. Which yeah. is just really <laughs> is a shot. Really? A little shot across the bow to Cleveland. That's fine. Why? You're getting paid $15.3 million by Cleveland not to play football? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. I yeah, guess. go buy, a, go buy a, a house in Aspen. A uh, guy was 6'7 and still getting the ball batted down at the line of scrimmage against the number twos in preseason. He is terrible. I just, I just, everything about this guy, I just want to punch him in his smug little face. But, you know, he's you wouldn't reach it. I, I try. I would try. He's a multimillionaire, so whatever. Always got Denver. I think it comes down to the Denver defense. Uh, I'm sure you can attest to that. I think the Chargers will put up a fight here, but with it being in Denver and with the, the defense still being solid and getting after the quarterback, I like Denver here. I mean, it, what, what, what's your thoughts on that? I think Denver's defense still top three in the league, and I would say the Chargers' offense is nowhere near that. <laughs> I think you know what I think they'll surprise you this year. And Melvin Gordon was was fantastic last season. They still got uh, they got a healthy Keenan Allen coming back. They have Hunter Henry at tight end, Antonio Gates as well, Tyrell Williams, deep threat Travis Benjamin, obviously Philip Rivers. I think they're going to surprise some teams this year, and especially because Denver they just don't have an offense really. You know, it starts and ends at, at Trevor Simeon. And speaking of below average quarterback play, uh, so I think I think the Chargers have a shot in this game. I just think that I'm gonna I'm gonna roll Denver. Now let's see what the line is on this one because Vegas has only given Denver four points which I'm sorry the Chargers four points which doesn't seem like a lot considering you know how dominant that defense is and how poorly the Chargers played last year but uh, I think that means that that Vegas is giving the Chargers a little bit of a shot to win here so um, but hey we'll see you know it's week one of the NFL season a lot of things change a lot of things happen so I'm looking forward to it it's been a long uh, seven months since we had real NFL football and um, yeah, you know we'll continue to give out, you give our picks each week. Hopefully next week we'll get the the Zustin Bros on, and we'll continue to have our fantasy football talk and continue to have our NFL pick'em talk. Uh, before we let the people go, Jerry, you have any any last final words to to tell to tell them? 
I can't wait to see the Browns live. I want to see what it, what Peppers looks like live. I want to see the speed of Garrett off the edge. It's going to be very interesting. And I think the stadium will be half filled with Steelers fans. <laughs> it is so. a somewhat exciting time to be a Browns fan as uh, they brought in two great rookie uh, defensive players that look like they're going to be 4-0 preseason champs. That's all I have to say. You remember I was talking about expectations? Yeah. <laughs> well, find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. We're going to continue to seek our friends out on Twitter to, uh, to help them out with all their fantasy football ad drop, start, sit, trade questions. Um, be sure to tweet at us at Glory Podcast. Find us on Facebook, on SoundCloud. Subscribe, like us, tell all your friends. Check us out on the SoundCloud, on SoundCloud and also on the um, iTunes app, or I'm sorry, the Apple app uh, under podcast is certain whenever I need to a podcast. And we will continue to give you all the hot takes, all things NFL for the next, what, we got another four months of this, Jerry? Every every Wednesday night this is going to drop, or every Wednesday morning it's going to drop, so uh, bookmark us, and again, just tell all your friends. We're trying to we're trying to make this, this little side hustle here so we can pay for our fancy football uh, buy-ins.